Today is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. This is the Link NKY Daily Podcast. I'm Matt Spaulding, and these are the headlines we're following today. Early voting starts this week. Here's when and where you can vote. Reported on by Caitlin Gebby. Early voting in the 2022 Kentucky primary election begins this week. Here is when and where Northern Kentucky residents can cast their ballots before the Tuesday, May 17th primary election day. Boone County. Absentee voters who requested a mail-in ballot have until 11.59 p.m. on Tuesday, May 3rd to drop off their ballots at a designated secure drop box or mail it in to the Boone County Clerk's office. Voters must provide postage. Secure drop box locations in Boone County include the Boone County Clerk's office, the Boone County Public Library Florence Branch, Hebron Branch, and Union Branch. Early in-person absentee voting or excuse-only voters may cast their ballots between Wednesday, May 4th and Wednesday, May 11th during normal business hours at the Boone County Clerk's Office in the Voter Registration Department located at 2950 Washington Street in downtown Burlington. The Clerk's Office is open 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. The office is closed on weekends. Early voting for all residents begins Thursday, May 12th. Each day has slightly different hours for early voting to accommodate varying work schedules. On Thursday, May 12th, early voting at all early voting centers will be open 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., then 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Friday and 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturday. Early voting ends in Boone County on Saturday, May 14th. Boone County early voting locations include the Boone County Enrichment Center, the Florence Government Center, and the Walton Fire Station. Campbell County. In-person voting or excuse-only voting in Campbell County begins Wednesday, May 4th and ends Wednesday, May 11th. Absentee voters can go to the Campbell County Administration Building from 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. to cast their ballots. Voters have until Tuesday, May 3rd to complete online requests for absentee ballots at govote.ky.gov. All other early voters can cast their ballots from Thursday, May 12th through Saturday, May 14th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Campbell County Administration Building on Monmouth Street, the First Baptist Church in Cold Spring, and Southern Campbell County Fire District. Kenton County. Absentee voters may drop off their completed ballots by the end of the day on Tuesday, May 3rd at one of the following locations. The Kenton County Government Center on Simon Kenton Way or the historic Kenton County Courthouse located on Madison Pike in Independence. Absentee ballots may be mailed into Kenton County Clerk's Office. The voter must provide postage. In-person absentee voting or excuse-only voting will begin on Wednesday, May 4th. Kenton County residents with an excuse to vote by this method can go to the Kenton County Government Center at 1840 Simon Kenton Way in Covington from 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. starting Wednesday, May 4th until Friday, May 6th, and again on Monday, May 9th until Wednesday, May 11th. Early voting for all other residents begins Thursday, May 12th and is available until Saturday, May 14th. Locations will be open from 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., and they include the Independence Senior Center, Life Learning Center, Kenton County Government Center, Lakeside Christian Church, Calvary Baptist Church, and St. Barbara's Church. What does a jailer do and who is campaigning for office? Reported on by Haley Parnell. Turns out, Kentucky is the only state with elected jailers. In most states, the sheriff's office operates them. Kentucky jailers are responsible for inmate processing and maintaining order in the jail. Campbell County Jailer Jim Daly said, It's this way because that's what our forefathers decided. It's a good thing because it directly holds us accountable to the citizens and voters, Daly said. Daly, of California, who is running for re-election, has been Campbell County Jailer since 2013 when Judge Executive Steve Pendry appointed him to fill the unexpired term of Greg Buckler. He officially ran for the position in 2015 and was elected to office. Right now is not a good time for change, Daly said. 
I would like to take credit for all the good things we've done, but I have a good staff. I think we are in a position where if we have a new person, there is so much going on in this field throughout the state and with the pandemic, pay, and low staff. We made great strides and we still have a lot to do. Both Noah Schultheis of Highland Heights and William Billy Fuller of Alexandria were previously deputy jailers at the Campbell County Detention Center, a position they say gave them valuable insight they would utilize as the jailer. If he were elected, Fuller said his primary focus would be on employee retention and implementing a re-entry program. Fuller said inmates are not getting the tools they need to help when released. He said re-entry programs are classes approximately three months before an inmate's released to help them get things like driver's licenses and social security cards. Re-entry programs just give you the tools you need to succeed when you release, Fuller said. I know Kenton County uses a nonprofit to assist once you're released. You can join a program there, and it helps you as you're getting off the streets and you're starting over. I'd like to see Campbell County either join the same one or find one to join. His priorities as the jailer would be focusing on the deputies, having a solid administrative presence, and creating a clean and safe jail for inmates and deputies. He said he would dive into the budget to see how he could get deputies paid more. Schultheis also said he wanted to create a group of deputies willing to speak with the administration monthly or quarterly to tell them things that they recognize could be run better or need to change. We really want to make sure our deputies are happy because if our deputies aren't happy, then our staffing issues are going to stay the same. He also said he wants his staff to know the administration is transparent and approachable. We don't want them to feel like there's not an open door policy. If they need to come to speak with us about anything, our door will be completely open. They will have full access to us at all times. He said he wanted to look into better paid time off and insurance plans to make staff feel like it's a career they can grow into. He would look into making new positions, such as at corporal, so deputies don't feel stuck at one level in their career. I really want to be able to bring that up to code, Schultheis said. I really want to be able to bring that up to code, make sure that this is clean, healthy environment and a safe environment for the deputies as well as the inmates. Daly said if re-elected, he would continue to support their drug program. He said the Campbell County Jail is the only one in the state with a PhD in mental health on staff who assists the drug program. For young footballers, something to remember from the Meyer Brothers, reported on by Dan Weber. For the Meyer Brothers, AJ and Michael, it was a time to come home and relive all the good football memories of their own careers here. For the more than 150 grade schoolers at Covington Catholic's Wooten Field Saturday, it was time to start making some memories of their own. We haven't had much time to step back and do that, said AJ, who will graduate this month from Miami of Ohio and move on as the quarterback pursues an MBA at Arkansas State. Michael, meanwhile, will move into season three at Notre Dame as the top college tight end in the nation. I haven't been back in a while, he said, of the big turnout of kids, coaches, parents, sponsors, and some of the plain fans. This is awesome. And pretty much what the Cuffcath alumni brothers had hoped for when they started texting one another after the NCAA passed the NIL name, image, and likeness legislation, allowing college athletes to benefit financially from putting their names on and helping to run camps, among other things, where they could be paid for their work as athletes. Luckily for them, one of the big names, Pro Camps and Sports Clinics for Kids, is right here in Cincinnati. We do about 160 of them worldwide, said Craig James, an elder high football coach with a very big presence who personally presides over 16 of these a year. What we liked about this one was how local it was, James said. That's what makes it really good. The Myers are great, and so are the coaches, but in the end, it's all about the athletes. There were 20 high school coaches running the groups divided up by age, eight of them from Cuff-Cath, with head coaches Eddie Evanston of Cuff-Cath and Ben Nevels of Covington-Holmes both in attendance. But it was the participation of the Myers that made this special. 
They sat right where you are, James told the assembled campers that included two girls to start off the day. And here the college guys were, slapping hands, bumping elbows, and doing drills with the kids. But there were swim drills to work, and Michael and AJ as the defenders. I like Notre Dame shoes, Michael said to one man for his green and gold sneakers and a drill. In fact, I like prefaced much of what Michael had to say to the campers as they went through their drills. This was no boot camp, but very much a positive place. There were photos to take as the brothers jumped from one sit-down group to another, and t-shirts and autographed cards to hand out, and races to run, and lots of fun to be had. Three things I want to talk about, AJ told the campers as a group. One, be a good person. Listen to your parents. Two, academics. Michael's at Notre Dame, and I'm about to graduate with my degree this month. And three, play as many sports as you can. You guys are all young. As far as their own futures, AJ, after three seasons at Miami, is off to Arkansas State after choosing the Jonesboro, Arkansas School over Idaho, Ohio U, and Indiana State. But next fall, the brothers will reunite almost the first two weeks of the football season. We open at the shoe, Michael says, of that rare Notre Dame-Ohio State matchup in Columbus. He plays Ohio State week one, AJ says. We play them week two. And yes, they say, expect for some brotherly scouting intelligence to be passed along. I have a ton of confidence in our new coaches, Michael says, of the staff headed by former University of Cincinnati defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. It's a theme with the brothers. The Arkansas State head coach who won AJ over is former Cincinnati head coach Butch Jones. Like so many sporting events in northern Kentucky, the lead sponsors here were the combo of Ortho Cincinnati and St. Elizabeth Healthcare, even to the extent of providing an on-site trainer for the day. Kentucky Ag Commissioner Announces Governor Candidacy, reported on by Mark Payne. Kentucky Agricultural Commissioner Ryan Quarles announced his candidacy for the 2023 gubernatorial race. Quarles has been serving as the AG Commissioner since 2016. He made the announcement on WKYT News' Kentucky Newsmakers with Bill Bryant last week. Quarles also made it official by registering with the Kentucky Registry of Election Finance. He said he has been blessed to be where he's at, especially as a kid that grew up on a tobacco farm. I would like to announce that I am running for Governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky in 2023 because the voters deserve a choice on election day, Quarles said. They deserve a governor that's going to bring us all together and unite Kentucky. So far, only one other Republican candidate, State Auditor Mike Harmon, has announced their candidacy. Democratic incumbent Andy Bashir is the lone Democrat so far. We want the voters and Kentuckians to know I am in this race and know it's going to be a long process, Quarles said, elaborating that he knows it's going to be a crowded Republican field in 2023. In a statement, Kentucky Democratic Party Chair Coleman Eldridge said that Bashir is the most popular Democratic governor in state history and has made Kentucky an electric battery-making hub with billions of dollars in new investment from Ford and Invizio. He has also led with a deep sense of compassion, understanding that these have been a trying, difficult few years and that here in Kentucky, we take care of each other and do right by our neighbors, Eldridge said. This stands in stark contrast to the self-enrichment and political grandstanding that has defined Quarles's more than a decade in public office. If Quarles emerges from what looks like to be a messy Republican primary, Kentucky voters will have a clear choice next November. Also, Quarles said that it was a good legislative session in the interview. He was happy that pro-life legislation passed and the transgender sports bill. As agricultural commissioner, Quarles said that he has been focused on a robust hemp program instead of cannabis. The governor vetoed a bill that simply said this, that biological boys should not be allowed to play in competitive girls' sports up and through college. I know that he vetoed that bill, but fortunately, common sense prevailed, and we have legislation in Kentucky that protects women's sports. Will Schroeder's retirement ushers in new 24th Senate District, candidate preview, reported on by Mark Payne. 
In May of 2021, Senator Will Schroeder, Republican Wilder, announced that he would not seek a third term to represent the 24th District, which comprises Campbell, Pendleton, Bracken, and part of Kenton counties after the latest round of redistricting. In his statement, he said that serving the 24th District was the opportunity of a lifetime. As we approach the time when people begin thinking about upcoming elections, I want to announce that I will not be seeking a third term as senator. My hope is that the timing of this announcement will give potential candidates the needed time to reflect about running for this position and also give the voters of the 24th District plenty of time to become familiar with the candidates, Schroeder said in his statement. Nearly a year after Schroeder's announcement, three Republican candidates have emerged to fill his position. Shelley Funk Frohmeyer, Jessica Neal, and Chris Robinson. In the fall, whoever wins will face Democratic candidate Renee Heinrich. The Commonwealth Educational Opportunities PAC, a pro-school choice political action committee, is running ads against candidate Chris Robinson regarding his alleged opinions on school choice. They are also running ads against other candidates in Northern Kentucky and throughout the state. Robinson, who lives in Grants Lick, initially filed to run in the 68th, but Grants Lick was put into the 72nd district after redistricting. He also owns property in Bracken County. As a rural citizen of the 24th district, he believes that this is where the next population shift will be, and he thinks he is the leader of this new district. So ultimately, what I'm looking to do is be a strong leader that's got, you know, 55 years of life experience inside the district, in particular the rural or unincorporated areas, Robinson said, so I really understand our issues in those areas. Shelley Funk Frohmeyer, the Alexandria resident, said she is focused on three things in her campaign, family, freedom, and safety. But family is the most important aspect, and she said all of her votes would focus on family. To me, that starts with respecting the sanctity of life, from conception to natural death, Frohmeyer said. I am completely and totally pro-life. I promise to vote in favor of every piece of pro-life legislation that comes before me. She also said that putting the economy first is an important aspect of her campaign. Frankly, we've seen how important it is to elect people who put the economy first, Fromar said. Before 2020, our economy was growing at a record pace. Unemployment was down, and wages in the stock market were up. Now, Kentucky families are having money taken out of their pocket by record inflation and rising gas prices. When I get to Frankfurt, I promise that the bottom line of Kentucky families will be my top priority. She believes that she is the leader the 24th needs in Frankfurt. Jessica Neal did not respond to questions for this story, but in her speech at the Campbell County Republican Forum, she said she decided to run after joining the Republican Party last spring. She became an elected precinct youth captain for Cold Spring and has been a member of the Election Integrity Committee since its formation. Running for the state senate in District 24 is a task I do not take lightly, Neal said in the speech. The time for seat-filling politicians anointed by the power brokers is over. The true grassroots movement is here, supporting fighters for liberty. And those are the stories we're following for May 3rd, 2022. For more on these stories and to see what else is happening in Northern Kentucky, please visit linknky.com.